Welcome to the Wealthy Homes Podcast, where we help young Michigan families manage their finances and create wealth. I'm your host, Connor Bowserman, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. Welcome to the Wealthy Homes Podcast. My name is Connor Bowserman, your host, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. And as you maybe have heard in the intro of this podcast, I say we help you manage your finances and building wealth. And when I say we, I don't just talk about us here at Preferred Financial Group. I'm talking about the other great professionals that we bring on this podcast to bring some other insights and some of the different expertise that other people bring on. And today's no short of that. We have Gavin Homer from the Homer Group with EXP, and he's going to talk a little bit about real estate and some of the great things that they do as a business. So, Gavin, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity and uh, look forward to maybe helping some people figure out some things about real estate and uh, definitely go into some details about new builds in the Battle Creek area. Awesome. So most times as a financial advisor, people are look at us as like the quarterback of their financial life. And so maybe we're calling some of the shots, maybe making some plays for them. And, but sometimes our job is as easy as making an easy pass to like a CPA for their tax and accounting sure. or uh, an easy handoff to like an estate planning attorney mm-hmm. to do like a trust and a will. But not very often do financial advisors <laughs> work with real estate agents. Yeah. And so when I built this podcast out, that was one of my goals uh, because I looked at, you know, people's wealth and looked at their full financial plan and real estate was a big part of that. Yeah. And so when I was building this out, I'm like, hey, I got to get real estate professionals on. Uh, I think they have a great integral part in a whole financial plan. And so that's one reason why I wanted to bring you on, Gavin, sure. uh, along with some other real estate professionals at some point in time. Um, but before we kind of get into real estate and talking about that, can you just tell the listeners about yourself if they don't know you personally? Sure. Yeah. So I uh, grew up in Battle Creek my entire life, went to Lakeview High School, went on to uh, play baseball at Kellogg Community College for a year, and then Penn State for three years. And then after that, I jumped right into the business. My dad's been doing real estate for maybe 10 to 12 years now. So I jumped in with a pretty good mentor and kind of just picked it up from where he was telling me to go. And uh, he handheld me for the first couple months. Um, that way I didn't make didn't make any huge mistakes. But yeah, and then uh, from there, I've just been working with him hand in hand collectively on, on a lot of assignments around Battle Creek and um, some of the developments that we're working on right now. So it's been fun and I love I love selling real estate. I love educating people about real estate, and I think it's one of the major spokes that people need to have in their um, in their toolbox when it comes to financial freedom, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. As a fellow collegiate athlete, I know kind of what you went through. It's it's a grueling process, but it's yeah. super rewarding. It's something I know that I look back on as is a huge pinnacle or you know peak in my life. Definitely uh, teaches you some good lessons. That's for, for sure. sure. <laughs> So you're in the business with your dad, I guess, how has that benefited you kind of starting out? And then also, how does that benefit your clients as well? Yeah, so I mean, benefited me personally, just because it gives you the freedom, you know, whenever, whenever I want to go on a vacation, um, I've got somebody back in Battle Creek that can do showings for me, can meet with clients, sit down with clients, and vice versa, too. I mean, his mom, my dad's mom, so my grandma lives out in Hawaii. Um, so he's able to go out to Hawaii and visit her and just know that the business is still staying afloat back here when, when he's gone and stuff. So in terms of time freedom, it's been huge just being able to bounce tasks off each other. With clients, though, we're always available. So if I'm if I'm booked all day with showings and somebody wants to see something and I can't fit them in, I just pass it down to my dad and um, and he can fit them in, especially with the market we're in right now. Right. Got to get in to see houses as soon as people want to see them. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, and at least it's cooled off a little bit. But yeah, I'm sure the past two years have been pretty hectic for you guys. Yeah, it was a crazy time to start your real estate career. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. But yeah, being in a family business myself, obviously there's pros and cons to any business, but I think a family business outweighs just a normal business that yeah. doesn't have family in it. 100%, so yeah. um, they have your best interest at heart too, which is awesome. Yeah. So you guys are based out of Battle Creek. Mm -hmm. Do you guys just service Battle Creek or do you guys service some other areas around uh, Michigan? Yeah, we service, um, so t technically we're licensed in all of Michigan. We've got a couple clients over in Detroit right now that we go back and forth for here and there whenever they want to see stuff. We've done a couple deals over in the Holland area, as far north as uh, Grand Rapids, like Whitehall area, so just north okay. of Grand Rapids. And then uh, we're also licensed down in Florida. So I know there's Michigan's a pretty big snowbird state where yep. people are up here in the summer, but then they go down to Florida in the winter. So that's that's a new branch, new side of the business that we've just expanded to, but helping people move down to Florida and enjoy some of the nicer weathers, um, something that we've just started to do in this past year. Okay. Is there a certain area in Florida that you guys have kind of been hitting more particular than, or is it just kind of widened um i'd say the main area is probably naples okay. um, but we we did um just do one over in uh delray beach so that was the that's the east side of the state but we we're mainly okay. on the west side of the state yeah. yeah i mean most people i think especially from vacationing in florida that's where they really want to end up being at yeah myself included <laughs> right <laughs> yeah that's most people's uh especially from michigan that's one of their goals and maybe sometimes i've seen that change with some of the clients that we have uh, maybe it's just more of a, I planned vacation mm -hmm. for a couple of weeks rather than, than owning something, but sure. that's a conversation in itself. Yeah. So I know your dad and, and you uh, represent kind of like some different buyers and sellers in the area. I've looked at some of the different listings you guys have had. What's uh, like a specialty or a niche that you guys maybe have that sets you apart from like the other real estate agent down the street? Sure. Yeah. So Obviously, the two main pillars of, of our business right now are um, just helping buyers and sellers. But a third pillar that we that we're continuing to grow is just new builds throughout the area, throughout the area. I, I say, but I mean like Marshall, Battle Creek, Kalamazoo, really all of West Michigan. We could we could assist with builds in. I mean that's a process that we started just by doing our condo development out at Quail Run. So we've put up thirty plus condos and then we're putting up another uh, 30 plus in the in the next phase so that's, awesome. that's how we got our foot in the water with uh, new builds but we're uh, we're now expanding to do them for just single family residential homes so if somebody came to us and was like help us build our house you know we would kind of hold their hand through that entire process from buying the land to buying the the packages of uh, wood to frame it foundation cement appliances all the upgrades you know we really we really hold their hand and help them budget this this entire process of putting a new build up and then kind of walk them through the timeline of what it's going to take to and set the expectations up from the from the get-go yeah i think that's uh <laughs> really important mm -hmm. the expectation part just yeah. because i think a lot of people especially doing a home build they have this dream house mentality hdtv mm -hmm. and when they start getting down to the brass tacks how much that's going to cost it's like okay maybe we need to cut some stuff yeah <laughs> you know that and it's a it's a pretty gritty process um right. you know it's not as okay i want this piece of land and then the build's done you know you're you're getting calls from the the construction people all the time like okay we might want to buy the the lumber package right now because the prices are going to go up so you know it's a, there's a lot to it. It's very rewarding in the end, but it takes some patience up front. So walk me through the process. Say like I've, I'm on my second house now, say my wife and I decided we wanted to build kind of our forever house. Mm -hmm. You know, what's the process kind of what's step one and kind of through step, you know, hundred. Sure. Yeah. So 
Step one would just be locating a piece of land that you want to build on. And there's really anywhere in Michigan, if you find a piece of land and it can pass a perk test, meaning you can build on it, you know, we've got builders that would that would build on that land. So finding the piece of land is step one. And then just meeting with a builder, getting blueprints drawn up, kind of specs of how many bedrooms, bathrooms, square foot. Um, do you want a walkout basement? Do you want a daylight basement? And then going through some of the finishes. So the cool thing about new builds is if you find a piece of land and then you get the blueprint done up front, you can finance the entire thing. Appliances included. If you want granite countertops instead of quartz countertops, you know, you can you can finance all the upgrades that you want to do. Customize it. Yep, exactly. Okay. And then kind of once you have picked out your plot of land, maybe got the blueprint going, uh, what's the next step after that? Yep. Next step would just be signing uh, statements with the builders, making sure that both parties have a sworn statement to each other. That way the builder can't just take your money and run and right. you can't commit, have the builder buy all these materials and then you ditch the process there. Um, right. So sworn statements is next after that. Once you got sworn statements, if the weather's nice in Michigan, unfortunately, you're mm-hmm. kind of limited on when you can start a build. Um, right. But if the weather's nice enough, you know, the builder will he'll break ground in a month after sworn statements, maybe even sooner if he's got the time and the equipment to do so. So ground breaks, foundations poured, framing, drywall, roof, and then they start doing all the finishes on the inside from there. Okay. Um, so it's t- typically from start to finish, once you meet with the builder and they break ground, as soon as they break ground, it's it's usually a six to eight month process. Okay, um, that's from, like the from, typical timeline. Yeah, okay. yeah. Six, six in a, is like the best case scenario. Right. Um, eight is like the middle case scenario and then maybe 10 months being like the worst case scenario. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that got prolonged a little bit during COVID with supply chain stuff. Yeah. We had, sure. we had some clients that didn't have a garage door for uh, a couple months because <laughs> yeah, it was so bad. That's up. not ideal. So once you gone through that process, what, what is the construction loan like? Is there different types of loans? And then, you know, along with that, is there like a certain down payment that most people need to, to be able to do that financing? Sure. Yeah. So there's um, it's, just call the construction loan. So very easy to, if you wanted to go into a bank and ask them about what loan to get, just say, I'm doing construction and they'll guide you to a construction loan. But the cool thing is, is that all construction loans used to be 10% down, 10 to 20% down, but now they're doing 5% down. So, I mean, you could start, you could build a brand new house for as little as 5% down and 5% of 300,000. I'm not a mathematician, but it's, it's pretty affordable, you know? So we've got some people that do 5% down and they've got a brand new house and they've only put in 10, 12, $15,000 into it up front. Um, but the stress of it, you know, cause you do have to, the packages that you buy from your lumber, that price changes. So they have to factor that the bank's always changing the loan rate on it. Okay. I guess when it comes to the construction loan, that's not your overall loan, correct? That's just kind of to get everything going and then you convert it to a conventional loan. Correct. Right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Once the, once the build's done, the bank will approve of it. And then it goes from a construction loan just to a, a regular 30 year loan after okay. that yep. with a regular rate too. So whatever the market rates are at that point, that's what you get. Okay. And so you say you put down the new 5% and then it gets converted over to the conventional, that original 5% goes against your as like your down payment, correct? Correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. And you can always put more down too. You know, if right. you want to start off at five percent, just to save a little bit of um, space there for any upgrades or price fluctuations with materials, mm-hmm. um, you can do that. But then if you get to the end, it's like, well, we saved this much money. Let's just throw that into our down payment. That's an right. option. Yeah. Okay. And all that you can typically do at closing or right before closing, just yep. letting your mortgage loan officer know. Yep. 
Yep. And I mean, I, if, if you're saving money from the down payment, you might even consider buying down some points too to get your rate lower. Right. So, I mean, yeah. there's a bunch of options too. And just okay. speaking with a lender or even an agent would, could help you. So you kind of uh, alluded to the, the six to eight months on the total time frame. Is that kind of depend on the builder? I know that a lot of it's just the overall process, but is, is certain builders faster than others or if they become their own general contractor, does that plan to affect too? Um, a little bit. So the every builder's got like um, a crew beneath them. So if if the builder that you're going with has a pretty big crew, you know, he's able to handle more, like more jobs and um, a builder who doesn't have as big of a crew below him. So that it that does play a little bit of a role into it. But the I'd say the biggest thing that plays a role into it is can they break ground with the, the current weather conditions? So if it, the snow just got done melting and the ground's a little bit softer, or if it's 30 degrees outside and ground's still frozen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what's the general cost? I know, again, this depends on the type of build and, you know, high, high quality you want to go, but what's the general cost per square foot to build uh, so people can kind of get a rough budget of what that would cost? Sure. So general cost right now with the current prices that we've got with materials is anywhere from 250 bucks to 300 bucks per square foot, but that also depends on the builder. Some The builders get to choose what they want to charge per square foot, so some of those higher-end per se luxury builders, they're like right. 400, 450 per square foot. Okay. Um, but you know, we've got some builders right now that could, that could build you a house for 250, 300 per square foot. Okay. So put that in reference, a three bed, two bath ranch. Um, we just sold one for 315 brand new on an acre. So okay. acre plot, three bed, two bath, like probably 1200 to 1500 square feet. And we sold that one for 315. I think wow. it might be 320, but yeah, I know you guys have a listing kind of on the Sonoma Road. We drive by it a decent amount just where we live. But yeah, uh, I remember that plot of land even before you guys even helped do that mm-hmm. or they, they started building that process because I remember it was just a foundation just that yeah, I think didn't the house, get going. It was I think just, it burnt down, right, the house or something? I don't know if it burnt down or if, yeah, if it was just uh, if they started the building process and got a foundation put in and then just, again, they just huh. let it go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's been a, a long one that's taken quite a few years to get going, but yeah. <laughs> it looks it looks like a really nice house now. Yeah, a lot of people like those new builds just cuz resale wise, you know, when you're when you're selling the house if it's built in 1950 or 2023, you know, it makes a pretty big difference to the yeah. buyer. Well, and as somebody like myself who's got a used home, yeah, uh, there's some different projects that come along with that sure. whether you planned on them or not so yeah. physical projects yeah mentally you're like well somebody's lived here it's it's i don't know there's right. always a sense of weirdness to some people moving yeah. into a, a yeah, used think, home uh, a new home obviously you get to customize it to to your liking mm-hmm. and, and how you want it so Definitely. uh we're if you're buying a used home you're just hoping that they build it the way that you wanted it mm-hmm. yeah so what are some common mistakes you know people make when it comes to to building a new home there's not like a, a glaring mistake per se, but I, one thing I would say is um, just the mentality around it, you know, coming in with realistic expectations. You know, people, I think it's important for them to understand that prices of builds, if, if we quote you at 320, you know, you at the end of it, you, it might not be 320 anymore. Right. It might be 330, 335, just because the, the, builders ha- the builders have to make money on the build. So when prices go up, they've got to adjust their prices with that. So just being realistic about the fact that prices do fluctuate when it comes to new builds, that would be that, that would be one thing, not necessarily a mistake, but just a mentality that they need to be right. aware of. Another thing is, is 
Um, and this is with any loan too. So a lot of people can do construction loans. Obviously there's recommended lenders that we've got for that, but a lot of people can do them. And I think it's important for people to, um, understand that when they open up, when their credit gets checked for the first time on a new build, uh, loan, you know, you've got 30 days to go ask different lenders what rates they're giving out with, with each type of loan product. So right. in this case, a construction loan. So it's important to go weigh the options with different rates, see who can give you the best rate. And as soon as you do find that lower rate, lock it in because that'll save you a lot of money in the long run. Yeah, especially with how volatile interest rates have been mm -hmm. uh, over the past couple of years. Definitely. What great areas in southwest Michigan are uh, so great places for or attractive places for people to start a new build? Sure. So the areas I'm going to list are just the ones that I'm seeing appreciate the most. I mean, that's Portage over in Kalamazoo. Portage is mm -hmm. appreciating at a pretty good rate, uh, consistent rate too. And then the second one's a new city. It's always been a nice city, but um, it's going to especially appreciate here pretty soon, which is Marshall. Right. Um, there's been some pretty big news around the Ford plant over there. So Marshall is going to be bringing in, I think it's like 1,500 new jobs through this Ford plant. And there's only 40 houses on the market over there right now. Right. So uh, what is doing the math on that, 1,300 almost people yeah. are going to be needing a house here. Yep. So if you built a house over in Marshall right now in probably two years, it would have appreciated quite a bit. I would yeah. say probably 10 15% just with the demand that they're going to have. Right. No, that was probably in line with what I was kind of expecting. Yeah. Um, but I, I've, obviously everybody hears of Grand Rapids and that, that growing pretty Yeah, uh, Grand Rapids too. too. And I know Detroit's kind of turned a new leaf too. Yep. Because um, I know you mentioned that as well. Yeah. There's a, just a lot of... Uh, a lot of new build developments coming up throughout the entire state, you know, Grand Rapids, especially. I was just over in Detroit this past weekend, like the Macomb area, new mm -hmm. developments coming up there too. So yeah. if you wanted a new house, you know, it, it wouldn't be too hard to find one right, right. now. Yeah. And I think uh, even the condos like at Quail Run are a mm -hmm. really good idea, especially with the aging boomers. Uh, yeah. Most people are trying to get out of their two-story house, wanting to get into something more simple, like a ranch or a condo. Mm -hmm. It's and funny so, too, because... Uh, there's been a couple of millennials that have reached out about the, really? the condos, not to say they can't buy condos, but, um, it's, it's just usually not your target, you know, but some of those people are just getting so busy with work and kids and just life in general that they're like forgetting to mow the lawn right. and out there, you know, your lawn gets cut for you. Yeah. So. That's, that's definitely nice. Yeah. So one question that I ask everybody who comes onto the podcast, uh, before we kind of end this what's a piece of advice that you would give another young family it doesn't have to be real estate it can be literally anything um, and maybe for you if you can't relate too much to a young family I guess maybe somebody who's coming out of college you know what are some uh, what's a piece of advice you would give them yeah I don't know if I can offer the best advice to a family just because right. I don't have a young family yet but uh, to a, a kid coming out of college right now you know I would say first of all first off is just start weighing your options before you actually graduate because there's a lot to do out there in the world and there's a lot of ways to make money, but there's only a few ways to make money while having fun doing it. So mm -hmm. start to weigh your options early on before you graduate, you know, get, get ahead of the ball way before, way before you're actually done with school. Because once you graduate, you know, the real world can sneak up and it hits you pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so talk to professionals. If you're interested in a certain industry, maybe just reach out. Everybody's open to talking to people. I know from my specific position or standpoint is if a young person reached out to me, I've got some jobs and tasks that I could definitely use a hand in, you know, and, and just giving right. somebody that opportunity to 
immerse themselves in that field before they actually commit to it, um, I think is beneficial. That and just from a financial standpoint, you know, start saving from when you're super young. Um, yep. If you're a high school kid listening to it, start saving money right now and putting it away. I know I saw a meme or a joke the other day. It was like, I wish I was buying a, a, a house back in 2008 when I was in middle school or something like yeah. that. Oh, um, yeah, you'd be worth quite a bit right, right now. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but no, I think that's a, a great piece of advice. I know, too, if you're if you're young and you're looking at different careers, I think Gavin's alluded to that, too, is do a job shadow. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take much, um, and most professionals are going to let you be able to just even job shadow for a couple hours. I know I did that back in high school, and it really helped me when I was looking through college and then uh, even after college as well. Definitely, yeah. And, I mean, if you are if you job shadow, um, you know, at, if, it, if they job shadowed you guys at preferred financial, then um, it might help them get a job later on when they yeah. are like, yep, this is what I want to do. Now what do I do? You can go talk to somebody over here, and if you've already shadowed them and you're up to date with their systems and processes, you know, your chances of getting hired are more likely. Right. So. So I guess kind of going from here, what are the best ways that somebody could get a hold of you? I know you're really active on social media, and I love your guys' posts, uh, yeah. <laughs> your informational posts, but what are some ways that people could get a hold of you? Definitely. Um, Got to use the opportunity to shout out the social. So you can find me on Instagram, YouTube, Homes with Homer. I try to stay pretty active on there. LinkedIn as well. I think it's about the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you just shot me a DM on uh, on any of my social pages, you know, I'm, I try to check those pretty frequently. But if not, you can always call me directly, 269-986-6294. Text call. I know some people hate calling, so just shoot me yeah. a text. Uh, I'm comfortable communicating that way as well. All right. Well, thanks, Gavin. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Be sure to click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Connor Bowsman or Preferred Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of Connor Bowsman or other qualified financial advisors with any questions you may have regarding this episode. Connor Bowserman is a licensed financial advisor and any of the investment advisory services offered are through Harbor Investments, member SPIC. Products and services provided are not NCUA insured, have no credit union guarantee, and may lose value. Consumers Professional Credit Union and Marshall Community Credit Union and Harbor Investments are separate and independent companies, and credit unions are not providing security services.